kids at school. Last night he had a few shots, got in a tight spot. I slammed a game of pool with a couple of redneck boys. One great big fat biker man. I heard David yell across the room. Hey, buddy, how about a helping hand? I said, Dave, I ain't as good as I once was. Welcome back to the Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, joined here by our host of this and star of this show, Tanner D'Agostino. And this is The Sauce, episode 447. It's the back end of a Friday triple header. Started off with a day at the yard, common sense pitching with Wiley and Will. Steve Foster, great episode by the Rockies pitching coordinator, followed by KFT. Uh, don't forget to tune into that. Great synopsis on the Baltimore Orioles move toward possible championship this year. And then now we've got the sauce going to cover some Super Bowl. And we got a new new section to the show that has to do with a mailbag. So he hasn't been prepared for this, but uh, we'll throw some audience questions at him. Want to thank our audience before we bring on the sauce. 67,000 and climbing, 74 countries. Thank you to Jaw Bats. I've seen Tanner's poses on social. RVG at checkout gets you a discount on Maple Bat. He uses M110, but you can get any bat or any, any bit of their equipment. Great group of guys. Great, great stuff they make. New partners with Bonet, Bonets and Kinetic Arm. That'll be announced uh, next week as to things we're doing with them. We appreciate their support. Millions, new marketing partner. Hoping to have our apparel ready this afternoon, but it may be going to this weekend. Some great t-shirts, some hats, some sweatshirts, uh, men and women. Uh, so we'll have some, some great stuff with our new logo on there. And Thank you for your support and getting nominated for two awards now, Baseball Podcast of the Year, Sports Podcast Group, and the Webbies. We love that we're being recognized. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, again, that's all you guys out there. And got some great projects on the horizon, uh, some end of the year, a summit we're, we're targeting in December, and some regular meetings we're going to have with our audience, not just on millions, but uh, through some group group interactions um, with some video webinars. So excited for all that. And with that now, without further ado, I'll bring on our host and star of the show, The Sauce. I got the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. Tanner, welcome back to your show. I'm excited for another episode, and I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Yeah, we got a great matchup this weekend with the 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the you know we 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 both we've both thought the Ravens would be in this matchup with a Harbaugh national championship and a Harbaugh Super Bowl, but we are wrong there. Chiefs are playing well. Andy Reid's had his team in that Super Bowl for the last five years, so he knows how to get there. And Patrick Mahomes never disappoints, especially after a bye week. Uh, but the Niners are tough. Uh, you know where where do you want to start here? You got the you got your Super Bowl notes. I see him there. I won't peek at him because I don't want to spoil your research, but. I, I think we're starting with the Niners. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So what's what are some things that stood out stand out for you for the 49ers going into the Super Bowl? Well, how aggressive they are when it comes to making trades in the deadline and in the offseason. They got CMC last year. Nobody liked that trade. There's a lot of people saying that that was skeptical. They already had a good run game, but he's definitely been the main reason, if not one of the main reasons, so that they've made the Super Bowl. You're talking McCaffrey. McCaffrey, okay. yeah. 
And then this year they make a trade for Chase Young. Still people didn't like that. He's been somewhat underwhelming, but he's still been a pretty big piece in why they've made the Super Bowl. Yeah, those are two stars. Those, are, those aren't you know peanut players that they brought in at the deadline just to fill roles. Those are stars on both sides of the ball, important. Uh, you talk about McCaffrey, and that's got to be the game plan, right? To mm-hmm. feed McCaffrey as much as possible. Have you studied their offense, their run game? I mean, he And I know that he receives, too. They get him the ball mm-hmm. out in the flats. He, he's a great receiver. Um, but t- talk about their run game because they're as, as creative as uh, Shanahan is. Um, I, I think he's complicated simplicity, but you've studied it more than I did. What are you seeing? Well, they only have five run plays, but the way they disguise it makes it so confusing for defenses they can't stop it. What, what are they you – now? you five run plays. I, I'll, I'll buy it on that, but what do they do to disguise it? What are some things they, they do to throw it off? Well, they, they obviously they do motion. Uh, they got some bunch formations they use. That's basically they a lot of complicated motion shifting. Like yeah, a lot of shifting. shifting. Yeah, they they do some false movement, I guess, to probably force communication on the defensive side. And again, it's it's simplicity, uh, complicated simplicity at its finest. Are you? And, and I don't want to disrupt your notes. If I if I ask you a question out of order, by all means, negate it and go to what you want to talk about. But McCaffrey's key. Debo mm-hmm. Samuel to me is is also a key. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one of the best weapons in football. He's got to be top five as a weapon. You can give him the ball run. You can give him a screen and go deep with him. He can do anything at any point in the game. I know he's called a receiver, but he's yeah. used – he's like McCaffrey. It's They have positions based on the lineup card, if that's what you call it in football. Yeah. But they, they're both very versatile. One thing that stands out to me, you correct me if I'm wrong, they don't need a lot of space to make their move. They're very hard to bring down and uh, they, they play through contact. It sounds, you know, we talk about basketball being a huge thing, but in football, it's, it's a collision sport. So playing through contact is just a little bit harder. Yeah. They got a very tough team. They got a very tough culture and looking at, I mean, everybody thinks Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius, which he is, but the culture and the toughness he's built there has been remarkable. I mean, Kittle, one of the best run blockers in the NFL, he's a tight end. You got Debo Samuel, who very tough. He's shifty, but he'll run you over. And then uh, you got Kyle Hustek, who's one of the best run blockers. He's so their, very... their line is their line is tough. But when, yeah. when you talk about culture and uh, and toughness, I can't get past their quarterback as as the main guy. That unheralded. Now everybody knows about him, uh, Mister Irrelevant. Right? He, he yeah. was was he the last pick in the last draft? pick in the draft? Yeah, and uh, he's now a mainstay in the NFL football and he's still living with his mom, by the mm-hmm. way, which is frugal since he's not making a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, t- talk, uh, you've got Purdy on your list. Talk, talk to Brock Purdy for us. Well, obviously Brock Purdy's been, he's been in the first half, he's been mediocre to poor, but second half he's been great. He's been uh, one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the second half. He's played better than Mahomes in this postseason. Obviously not saying he's better than Mahomes. But the way he's played in this postseason has been great. Other than that uh, NFC Championship game last year, which I don't really count as a game for Brock Purdy, uh, he's undefeated in the playoffs. I didn't think about that. That's that's a good that's a good stat to throw at him. He so he struggled early in the year. I know they went then they lose three in a row at one time, yeah. and everybody thought he went from being genius to he's he's awful. Mm-hmm. And I wish people could make up their mind about him. What what impresses you the most? 
about Brock Purdy? What, what is, in, in your mind, you know, you see all these quarterbacks. Is, is it his arm? Does he have the quick release of a Dan Marino? That's before your time. You know, is, is he uh, just an athlete that can do things off balance like John Elway? Um, is he uh, a guy like, you know, Joe Cool, Joe Montana? Joe Burrows is not Joe Cool, by yeah. the way. Joe Montana is mm-hmm. Joe Cool. So your generation needs to get over that yeah. right there. What, what uh, impressed you most about Brock Purdy? Well, he's got presence. Uh, you, you would expect being the last pick in the draft coming into what he had to go into last year uh, with the team of championship uh, expectations that he would not uh, succeed. He'd be overwhelmed, but he played really well. He played really well in playoff games, and uh, he avoids pressure very well too. I think he handles pressure pretty mm-hmm. well, right? Um, both on and off the field. He is a he's very accurate thrower. He doesn't miss guys when they're open, and he tends to to throw guys open too. He he, he know. I mean, am I wrong? You've studied the film more than I have. He seems to understand his progressions and just never gets rattled. And uh, he's obviously uh, great at taking what the defense gives him. But what's underrated with him is he takes chances. He's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. When it comes to tight windows, he's got the most tight window throws in the NFL. He's not afraid to go deep, as you saw with the Brandon IU catch two weeks ago. Um, People question his athleticism, but he made some plays mm-hmm. last round of the playoffs. So yeah. I like that. So what do you got next on your list of things to watch for the Super Bowl? The Chiefs aren't just going to let him do his thing. Yeah. So Andy Reid's a seasoned veteran. Uh, I think Mahomes is – is he 13-1? and one? Um. In the playoffs, I thought a stat thirteen and one. I don't know what applies. He's lost twice. I think okay. he's lost in the Super Bowl to Brady. Actually, three times. He lost twice to Brady in the playoffs, and he lost to Burrow that one year. Before the last five years, they've been in the Super Bowl. They know what to do there. Uh, maybe and, a, maybe and, that was off a bye. The stat you saw. It may have been off a bye. Thirteen and one off a bye. Andy Reid is tough off a of bye week, so that that could have been the stat I was pulling up there. So what what do you got now for for the Super Bowl for us to watch? Well, uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's gonna obviously he's gonna come out with his best game. He's gonna coach his best game. Watch the offensive schemes. I'm sure he's gonna come out with some great ones. Uh, he like had not, what? Like he's gonna have some uh, creative motions to catch the defense off guard. He's gonna have uh, some. Uh, I I would wouldn't be shocked if he targets Kittle early and often. I think that's a safe play because you know Reed's gonna come off. They're gonna be. You don't want to go away from your number one and your number two. Mm-hmm. But Kittle, I know Kelsey's been the top tight end in the NFL for yeah. God knows when, but Kittle's no slouch. He's been he's been a star in the league. So I, I think with a guy like Purdy and targeting, you know, McCaffrey, Samuel, I agree with you. I think Kittle's going to be a, a big factor in this game and, mm-hmm. and, and look to him to stabilize that offense. Strong guy. He's good after the catch. He's an athlete. That's what I like about their three weapons. They, mm-hmm. they have positions, but they can do all of it. Didn't mean to interrupt, but no. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, he has not had a great history in this game. Obviously, he lost last time to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. He was the OC with the Falcons when they had lost to the Patriots that one year. Well, that but, was more than a loss; they, they yeah. collapsed. So, and he had a double-digit lead late in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. So he's had a history of blowing leads in the Super Bowl. But um, I, I don't think that's going to happen again. Not to uh, foreshadow, but I think Kyle Shanahan's going to come out with his best game. Yeah. So. You know, best game plan now for you, and that's what I was kind of getting at when I interrupt. You're Kyle Shanahan, let's say. You're scripting your first, you know, they usually script their first, uh, you know, four or five dozen plays. 
What is, uh, let's say first 30 plays, who, who's, who are you going to? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they got to run the ball. Chiefs have a uh, spotty run defense. That's why I was so surprised that the Ravens only ran the ball six times to their running backs. They got they got to run the ball early and often. They got to give it to McCaffrey a lot. They got to give it to Eliza Mitchell a lot. They got to run the ball. Yeah. So, and McCaffrey is, I mean, he doesn't need much daylight to, yeah. to, uh, to explode. And how, how is the Niners, you say the Chiefs are, struggle with their run defense. Mm-hmm. How's the Niners up front? Well, obviously they got the one of the best left tackles of all time, Trent Williams. They got definitely a top five O-line, or not top five, top ten O-line. Um, it's been a little spotty when it comes to the right tackle, but um, they got they got a real good O-line when it comes to being top so the, tier. The, mat, the matchup advantage, <laughs> Kansas City. So matchup advantage, Kansas City on that regard. Okay, so what do you got next as far as your your Super Bowl need to watch? And if I go too quickly, I want to please go back. Um, I want to point out uh, the Chiefs receivers that they want to go to. So now they 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 were without they're without Tyreek Hill coming into the season. I think it took them a while to adjust to that because Hill is we saw him with the Dolphins this year with a lesser quarterback with Tua, and he. Uh, you know, he killed it this year. Him and Mahomes were tremendous together, and we saw the we saw the Chiefs struggle. I guess struggle for them early on, offensively. Who who with the Chiefs now? You're talking their receivers. I, you know, tell tell us who they are, uh, why they're potent, and you know, what do you see them doing? Well, obviously, the Niners are not going to want the Chiefs to go to Travis Kelsey. Uh, hasn't really stopped them from going to Travis Kelsey this postseason. So that's their best option, right? Yeah. Kel- okay, got you. But Rasheed Rice, watch out for Rasheed Rice. He uh, d- dropped the ball too much this season, but he's come alive in the playoffs. He came alive late in the season. He's a rookie at SMU. W- watch out for him. I think he might have a big game. And then Markel's Valdez Scantling. Uh, he's dr- he he was they people talking about Chief should cut him. He ended up having that big catch to seal the game against the Ravens. He had that big catch against Buffalo down the sideline. Watch out for Valdez Scantling to get a big catch. He had a big catch last year in the AFC Championship game and last year in the Super Bowl, too. It's funny how guys emerge at certain times. Some of it's psychological, I'm sure. But with a coach like Andy Reid, who's been there, done that, was with there with the Eagles before they cut him loose. And uh, I'm glad he's done what he's done with the Chiefs. He's, he's one of the best ever in the game. So Kelsey's the guy. They've, they've got to pay attention, but they do have some big play receivers on, on the outside. When you were saying receivers, I was not thinking of Kelsey right away, but kind of like the Niners, I guess if I'm forgiving to the Niners positionless offense, I have to be forgiving to Travis Kelsey. I bet he wishes he's called a receiver when it comes contract time because yeah. tight ends don't make quite as much money when they do that. So Mahomes is, is a force. Uh, so let me, let me ask you this. Well, what are the Chiefs like in the running game? Is that a factor? It is a factor. If they uh, they can – Pull off some big runs. Isaiah Pacheco, second-year guy out of Rutgers. Yep. He's he's big time. He emerged last season in the Super Bowl. Not in the Super Bowl. He emerged last season during the season, but he had a big Super Bowl. Two two big years in a row for him. Mm-hmm. I, could I like could his- be two years, two Super Bowls, so that's not a bad start to a career. So there. So let me let me take you through these, and you kind of tell me advantage who. So quarterback matchup, Mahomes, Purdy, advantage who? Well, obviously, 
you could put anybody against Mahomes. I think the mat- matchup goes to Mahomes. Okay. And, that- and I know I'm I'm in a bubble, oversimplifying, making you all squirmy and nervous, putting you on a on a, on the spot here. What about running back situation, uh, Pacheco or um, McCaffrey? Well, McCaffrey's the best in the NFL. He's the best in I think the last ten years. So best, I think he's the best offensive weapon going right now in the NFL. Okay, so now let's go to receiving core. So Debo Samuel versus the world. Are we including tight end in this? No, no. no. So Debo Samuel versus the world now for Kansas. Well, watch out for Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk Ayuk? is great too. So I I would give the advantage to the 49ers on that one. So 49ers. What about tight end? Uh, Kelsey Kittle. I I think you could put anybody against Kelsey. I think Kelsey wins that one. So we're two for two right now. You know my favorite, interior line. So who's got the better offensive line? I would give that one to the 49ers. Uh, Chiefs have had spotty tackle play all year. Joe Thune is a one of their best old linemen. He might not play in the Super Bowl. So especially if he doesn't play and he's banged up, I, I have to give that to the Niners. Niners again. What about defense? We won't go total break it down there, but who's got the better D, Kansas City or San Fran? Well, this season Kansas City's had the better, better defense, but uh, if I were to say who's probably going to perform better, I trust Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, and the Niners. They've got players. I mean, I think play. Yeah, they, so you, you give an advantage individually to the Niners right now. What about head coach Shanahan and Andy Reid? Well, right now Andy Reid's the best uh, in the sport, so I'd have to get it to Andy Reid. Still advantage Niners, though, when you break it down by category. Can I ask you early? I know we've got still some time left. Do you want to hold it to the end? Who you think's going to win? Uh, uh. I'll, I'll say right now. Okay. Uh, I'm going with the 49ers. Okay. I think uh, they're going to run the ball early and often and a lot. And I think McCaffrey gets 30 touches. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, they got to go to him. He's he's their guy. You don't want to you don't want to walk out in the biggest game of the year and look back and say my best guy didn't get the ball uh, more than everybody else where he wanted it. But I'm sure they're going to bury their looks yeah. with him. So what, what do you what do you got left on your menu of Super Bowl items that we got to talk about today? Well, the last thing is, could this be Andy Reid's last game? We, we've talked about him maybe retiring, especially if he wins the Super Bowl. Do you think this could be his last game? I, I know I'm asking you a question right here. Well, who the heck do you think you are asking me questions? I'm the moderate. Yeah, uh, I, you know, initially we talked about it, and I threw that at you saying, yeah, I think Andy Reid goes out with a swan song. But how the heck do you walk away from Patrick Mahomes in his prime? They got a pretty good thing going on right here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to – I'm going to renege on that. I know it was off the air when we talked, and now you're calling me out on the air. Yeah. I'm saying no way. No way Andy Reid walks away from Patrick Mahomes in his prime. Every, you wait a lifetime for a quarterback like that. And Reid had a good run with McNabb in Philly. That's a good, a good one to have out of Syracuse. Uh, but he had Vic too, right? Did he have Vic in, in Philly? I think so. Possible, yeah. Um, but to walk away from, you know, people can argue, but the, the, the kid's been pretty good. I mean, it's, it's hard to fight against him not being the top quarterback in the NFL. He's mm-hmm. he's pretty good. He's been under pressure. He's won games, and he's still a baby. Yeah. So I, I'm i going to say Andy Reid is not coaching his last game, and he's going to – I think him and Patrick Mahomes will ride off in the sunset together. Yeah. So right. what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think he's getting older, but I don't think you walk away from Patrick Mahomes in that situation. No. No, he's he, that's crazy to do. Now, if Mahomes walks away, yeah, I'd walk away. Yeah, like Andy. if he decided he wanted to retire, then yeah. Or get traded which, or something. Which, I highly doubt it's going to happen. No, nah, because Reed, Reed has control of that stuff. So um, Super Bowl stuff, we're all set with that, you think? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was quick. We went through it pretty quickly. 
Um, we've got some mailbag stuff. Are you ready to go mailbag right now? Yeah. Okay. So first question out of our mailbag here, and you haven't been prepared for these, so um, take your time with it if you need to. Got, you know, we're going to start transitioning after the Super Bowl over to college basketball. We're a few weeks away from March Madness. I know you're diving into your teams, your brackets, players to watch, Naismith watch, all that stuff. Um, the Division One men's basketball side now. Uh, mailbag question was, if you had to pick your four number one seeds right now, who would you pick as your normal number one seeds? And go, go slow with it because I, I got some questions. Well, I would go Purdue. With as my number one, number one seed. Uh, now, so Purdue, Boilermakers, Big Ten. Now they they've had some hiccups in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they've got the returning national player of the year with Zach Eady, seven foot plus. He's had a great year this year again. What we laugh about is, and I understand the NBA is different, and college basketball is not a direct translation to NBA success. He was barely a second rounder last year. Yeah, as a college player of the year. And as a seven-footer true post, that's kind of rare, but the game's not played that way anymore. These centers have to get out, and they've got to be able to defend the ball screen. They've got to be able to defend the rim, and I guess he's a little slow laterally, but you like him as a college player, obviously. I do, and some of the best NBA uh, centers are back-to-the-basket guys, like Embiid. Uh, you got Jokic. Yeah. So two of those guys are big-time. Giannis is not a back-to-the-basket, but he's definitely a big. I guess different kind of big. Different kind of big, but a uh, lot – but NBA is coming back to bigs is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, and Jokic is changing the game a little bit. Good passer. I don't know if we can call Edie Jokic or Embiid yet. But no, uh, no. but I, I would love to see the kid do well. Big body. Boy, he looks like a dinosaur out there mm -hmm. uh, with that. So, who? okay, that was your number one. That's your number one overall seat. Yeah. So, you got three other number ones, which would go two, three, four, obviously, in the, in the rankings. Who's your two? Uh, I'm going UConn, defending champions. So, Danny Hurley. Big off season with a hit the transfer portal hard. Everybody returning that was significant. Um, you know, plays a tough style of defense. Old school Big East. Mm -hmm. I always like seeing the Big East do well. So, you think Danny Hurley's got a shot to be the number one seed? Obviously, they've been number one overall this year mm -hmm. a few times. Okay, so Big East, they're 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 in the lead right now. I think Marquette's up there with them. Do like what Shaka Smart's doing up there. I never thought I would say that out loud. Yeah, they have a style of play. I mean, they're they're Pressing, trapping, almost like the old Al McGuire Marquette's team where it's selective trapping. But uh, I do like how Shaka Smart's evolved and has Marquette, who's a traditional basketball program, back relevance. But you're saying UConn coming out of the Big East. Who's your three? Uh, Houston. Kelvin uh, Sampson. As you said, they've had some, uh, like, as you said with Purdue, they've had some problems in the tournament. Yeah. But they, they had a, last year. Yeah, they had a big injury last mm -hmm. year that, that was their best player, arguably. So Kelvin Sampson. I mean, he's, he's known for defense and rebounding and tough as heck. They did get smacked around a little bit by Kansas at Kansas. And I laugh every year that people forget about Kansas. Yeah. And Bill Self is as good a coach as there is in the country. Uh, in fact, he pirated a true big out of Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got the, the big lefty there. So, so you got Houston as a number three. You think that they'll – Purdue and Houston uh, at least earn that spot, but I'd love to see them go further because it's too good, good pro. Okay, who's your number – your no, your fourth number one seed, uh, North Carolina. Ooh, uh, they had they just had that big dominant win against Duke. I thought they were the better team the whole time. I didn't think there was a time Duke even looked like they were competitive in that game. I think North Carolina. Yeah, but Bacot's a, a really good center. He's 
He stayed the course. He's athletic as all heck, rebounds the ball. He's, he's going to go down in North Carolina lore as one of their best scorers, best rebounders, and he protects the rim. So I do like what Hubert Davis is doing there down in North Carolina. So, okay, let me see the mailbag again. Got to pull out of the mailbag, um, see what we got next. Okay, uh, NBA trade deadline just happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Was it yesterday at noon? I saw you hovering around the the TV and hearing your little iPad beep on and off. So, so question for you is who won the NBA trade deadline? Well, I think it's got to be Oklahoma City. Uh, it's been It was kind of a weak trade deadline by NBA standards. Yeah. But uh, getting a veteran presence with a team that hasn't had any, uh, they, Davis Bertans was their, had more playoff games than their entire roster combined. They gave him and Trey Mann up for Gordon Hayward, right, which I think was a good trade. So Gordon Hayward was a Celtic, was a, J- a Utah Jazz, and that was when he was at his prime. He played with the Hornets for a bit, I yeah. believe. Um, you, you like Hayward, why, for OKC? They're young, right, OKC? Mm-hmm. Well, they need a veteran presence. Uh, they, need, they needed a forward, which they filled. They had a... Uh, and. Uh, they uh, needed some uh, experience on that team, which they uh, lacked. Old uh, Butler Bulldog played for Brad Stevens in college. Uh, was was a tremendous college player. Brought Butler to, I think, two national championships, which they lost both before Stevens went to the NBA, and so did Gordon Hayward. But I like Hayward. He, he's steady. He's, he's a guy that can still score 20. And you're right, they're young. I do like that team, though. I do like, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned their lineup. They were giddy. Giddy, they got Shea, they got Jalen Williams, they got Chet. Chet Holmgren, yeah. So they and they still have they still maintain their seventy five number one draft picks over the next thirteen years. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm teasing, but they uh yeah, they have a different style there. I you asked me before the season which team are you looking forward to watching this year? And I was I said before the Hayward trade, Oklahoma City. I love Holgram's game. I know he's he was out last year, but Jalen Williams and, and Shea Gilgis are two of my favorites, two guys that are in that six five range. Long, athletic, can play multiple spots, but Josh Giddy's a real deal. Out of Australia, six nine. He's not. Is he twenty one years old still? Still yeah. a baby. They've got a great team. I'd like to see them go far. I don't like what they did for a decade. You know, kind of tanking and yeah. and uh, hoarding draft picks. But I do like watching them right now. I'm, I'm very, uh, very, very. Uh, I get enthused when seeing them play basketball. They play the right way. They move the ball. Gilgis is an unsung hero. Nobody talks about him as the best player in the NBA. No, uh, he. When you look at the numbers, he's just up there with Jason Tatum, with when it comes to numbers. Actually, more assists, I think. So, yeah, that's yes. hard for you to say because I know Tatum is is your uh, your guy there. Mm-hmm. Okay, any any other trade deadline winners you want to talk about, or is that? I think the Celtics did a good job. I think they got depth for bigs, which they they lacked because they got Robert Williams. Yeah, uh, they did. Because Porzingis is in, is kind of an injury guy. And then Horford's getting up there. So they got Xavier Tillman to kind of fill that role. And then Jane Springer they got, which is a nice athletic I body. I like Springer. Springer's always been – he was Tennessee out of college, I think, mm-hmm. 6'6", uh, Spurs. Well, I don't know much about Tillman. What, do, do you know anything about uh, – he's, he's he's one of those big bodies. Can probably, He's probably going to guard probably their best big when he's on the floor. Okay. He's yeah. there for to eat up minutes. He's different. They don't have one. I mean, Horford's only yeah. – he's 6'10", but he's – more of a Shooter. step away from the basket. Porzingis, we know, is seven three, probably weighs one hundred twenty pounds, like you. And uh, but I like the year he's had. Yeah, I do. Outside of he's you know a little bit fragile, but he, we they knew that coming in. They shouldn't be surprised. And your guy, I heard a rumor, your guy Brown is going to be in the dunk contest coming up. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that. You get a 
real all-star in the dunk contest for the first time in a while. Did they come out with the other guys? Uh, they came out with Mac McClung. He's going to be, be in it most likely. He was the winner last year. Yep. And then Obi Toppin is probably going to be in it. And then I forget the fourth guy. Yeah, But Brown is in it. That'll be nice. And you like McClung. You actually have his shoes. You wear his shoes in basketball. So um, rooting for him. Rooting for him. But you got yourself the Comer plugs in, so that's good good for you. So I got a baseball question for you now. All right. So the Baltimore Orioles, Oddly Rushman, mm-hmm. Gunnar Henderson, and then they got Jackson Holiday. Back-to-back-to-back young studs coming up. They just traded for Corbin Burns. They're coming off a 100-win season. Um, what are you looking for with the Orioles this year? Um, well, they just won their division last year with 100 games. Yep. I'm expecting them to make a postseason run. I think they lost because of lack of experience. They're gonna, I, they're gonna come back and expect them to make a run. Yep. Obviously, Yankees got Soto. I think they're gonna be better this year. Rays gave up a couple of their big players. They might dip, and then Red Sox are gonna be the worst team in that division. Who knows what they're doing? They got so the the Orioles you like now. They'll have Henderson and Holiday up the middle. Does it matter who plays where? You think? No. Both guys. Henderson can play third base still. He could, yeah. So they they could do some things still. And oddly, Rushman, I know you're a switch hitting catcher. He's a switch hitting catcher. A little different stature than you. He's older. So he's six four. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your thoughts on Rushman? Uh, best catcher in the MLB as of right now. Oh, that's I think too- he overtook Ramuto. A lot of good. A lot of catching is a pretty stacked spot right now. Mm-hmm. You and I both love watching catching. You're a catcher right now. Um, can I ask you a catching question? Uh, a lot of these guys, you're seeing it on one knee right now with runners on base. Um, your style, I'm not asking you to say what you think is right or wrong, but what's your style with runners on base? What's your mindset? Well, uh, you got to get higher with that. You got to be in a more athletic stance because you don't know what's going to happen. You could bounce it. Guy takes two bases. Guy could steal. You got to be in a very athletic position if uh, there's a guy on base, so you, especially. So you're, you're, you're concerned about blocking balls yeah. back there. Okay. And you think being on two feet is better for you than, mm-hmm. than the one. And you like to have your yourself up a little bit in an athletics, almost like a an infielder, so to speak. Yeah. What about the, the, the glove working ground up now where you're snatching strikes? What's your thoughts on first movement of the glove? And where do you catch the ball? Do you reach out and snatch strikes? or I mean, how do you do it? Well, I want to be closer to my body because uh, you're more athletic when you're closer to your body. You're, more, you're stronger when you're closer to your body. And uh, going away from your body just and the up thing just seems so unnecessary, adding a degree of difficulty to something that doesn't need to be that difficult. So I want to take you back there. You said you like to catch the ball deep, close to your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you said it makes you stronger. What do you, what are you quicker to do when you're tighter to your body? I mean, well, you what- got a quicker transfer when you're tighter to your body too. Uh, just think of it as common sense. It's easier to get from point A to point B when you're, when point A to point B is closer. Makes sense. So you don't have to reach out, reach back. Okay. What about umpire? I mean, is there any advantage? Just, a lot of people say they reach out and snatch strikes because they're trying to steal strikes from the umpire. Do you agree with that, or is that why you catch deep? Uh, I don't agree with uh, trying to fool the umpire. I think the umpire knows what you're doing. I think it's very obvious what you're doing, and I don't think they appreciate it very much. When you catch deep, I mean, what's what's the umpire's been telling you? Is that they like it, don't like it? Uh, they like it because they get to see it longer. I like that. Now, what about your pitchers? You're very communicative. Sometimes you're a pain in the rear end to your pitchers. Uh, they're often afraid of you to confront you. But uh, 
when you're throwing to them and they get a choice between you moving glove ground up or keeping it still, what's what's their preference? They like the quiet still or they like the movement up? Uh, they like the quiet still. Uh, you, you, most of the time you got to do what your pitcher's like because your pitcher's the one throwing the ball. You got to make them comfortable. But uh, they, they usually like the quiet still. So they, they like a stationary target mm-hmm. as opposed to a moving. Okay. And I, and I like the, the mindset too. So if your pitcher came to you and said, Tanner, I need you down on one knee. I need you. But you're – so part of the, the whole one knee thing is they say that they can get lower. I've seen pictures of you on two, and I've seen you get low. What's What do you – how do you do that? Is that like impossible? Are you like quadruple jointed? No. Um, what, what kind of things do you do to allow – that type of flexibility. Well, uh, hip fl- hip flexibility movements, uh, stretches, uh, hip mobility is the main thing, and it's yes, uh, it's a uh, it's comes from a athletic uh, stretching. You got to be athletic to be a catcher. When when uh, people uh, gymnastics. So you do gymnastics mobility. Yeah. Okay. Um, I often when I watch you, I say I tell people he plays catcher like he plays shortstop. Is that a, a, a fair thing or am I yeah. overstating, oversimplifying like I tend to do? Okay. So that was mailbag. Got a mailbag. I know who this came from too. I'm sure it was your mother who put it in your mailbag here. Caitlin Clark, Iowa, yeah. guard. Every People who don't follow women's basketball know who she is. She's about to break the all-time women's basketball scoring record this weekend. Your impression of Caitlin Clark. Are you going to watch the game at all? It's on the Super Bowl weekend. And, uh, you know, do, do you see it as something significant that the sports world should be paying attention to? Be careful because you got two sisters. you got a mom who's making you dinner right now. She may not put a plate out for you. So, Well, obviously it's a cool thing for her. I'm, I'll congr- congratulations to her when she eventually breaks it. Tremendous honor. Um, I think Sabrina Ayanoso Ayo- has that record. Is that is that who the current holder is? Yeah, okay. the Oregon. Yeah. Um, I think it's great for her. Uh Kind of butchered her last name, but I'm proud of you that she actually knew the yeah without with the mailbag. Okay, so Clark Clark's exciting now. She she actually is has, I mean, she'll have games where she'll score 40 points and dish out 15 assists. Yeah, so she's responsible for pretty much scoring action. I don't think that we've seen, you know, again, there, people will argue she's an exciting player. Mm-hmm. People are tuning in to watch it, and I think it's great. And obviously, you know, your two sisters play; they're they're good players, and uh, your mom was a good player at UMass, scored a thousand points there, and. Uh, so I had figured we'd throw a little mailbag mm-hmm. women's basketball in there. Okay, I want to bring you back to baseball. One last question with the mailbag. Right now, the the big signs, you know, uh, you saw Soto go to the Yankees early on. Um, you saw the Dodgers steal that. Who's that? Who's that guy that nobody knows about with the Dodgers that they signed? Was it Yama, Yamamoto? Who's it? I'm teasing. Big, big, big pitcher with the Angels. From last year. Oh, Tani. Oh, Tani. Yeah. The guy nobody knows about. Um, we got three guys left right now that we thought were going to go pretty quickly. Bellinger, Montgomery, Snell. What are you hearing? I know you have access to my Rolodex. You're, you're in, an, in and on on my text trying to get information. Do you have any, first of all? And if you don't, that's okay. But what are you, what are you feeling in terms of Montgomery, Snell, Bellinger? Where do you think they'll end up? Well, Snell, I think the only team that's even offered him yet has been the Yankees, right? So that's what the word is out there. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere else but the Yankees. Okay. What about Jordan Montgomery? Montgomery, uh, 
Yankees have been in on him, but he's probably coming back to Texas. Texas to him. Okay. And then one of my favorite, I, I was so, I, and I, his, his dad was a backup. How about that dubious honor backup shortstop for the, for Derek Jeter backup for Cal Ripken. Um, but was a, was a tremendous baseball player played in the majors a bit, but Bellinger's father, uh, Clay Bellinger, Cody Bellinger now, uh, had, had a couple down years, really bad years, resurrected himself, changed his swing back to what, what, uh, what had got him his highlight years. Where do you see Cody Bellinger? Was with the Cubs. The Cubs have gotten Craig Council absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't do anything for him. But where do you see where do you see Bellinger fitting in? Well, taking the Yankee hat off, I see him going back to the Cubs. Okay. Um, Yankees. They they went hard at him. Then they got Verdugo. Looked like they were out on him. Then I, they're back in on him. I think he goes back to the Cubs. Um, he had success with the Cubs. I, I was thinking as soon as it started, he was going to Yankees, but uh, it's looking like the Cubs right now. Yeah, Chicago's a good place to play. I had heard San Francisco possibility mm-hmm. um, for him. Wouldn't be bad. It's about a, back on the West Coast. Uh, I wonder if these Orioles who are wheeling and dealing lately are willing to spend a little money on one of these pitchers and a, uh, a Bellinger to, to plug into that already potent lineup. So I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. Anything you want to leave the audience with today? I know you you're working hard with with jaw bats, uh, trying to push that bat. So how do you? What's the model you have, and, and how do you like it? Uh, I have the M10, M110, M110, yeah, and I I really like it. Uh, I've tried it out. It, I like it a lot. You like the distribution? Yeah, of it? I mean, what do you distribution? Uh, I only gave you what good a, wood. Yeah, it uh, doesn't it doesn't. Uh, you haven't had bad swings on it, but uh, I love the maple too. It's a good good finish. And then we're uh, we're excited with bow nets and and uh, also the kinetic arms. So you'll start seeing that mug on social media pumping those products. So you got the Niners. Any score predictions? You think it's a high scoring game, low scoring game? Well, it's I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. Two great defenses going against each other. It'll start low scoring, but it's the late in the game is going to rise. I think it's going to end up being probably twenty four thirty one. So twenty that's a pretty high scoring game for a Super Bowl. So all right, so thirty one twenty four, you're saying the Niners beat the Chiefs in this mm-hmm. one? Okay. Well with that, uh, episode we got episode four forty seven in the books here with the sauce on Super Bowl weekend, the back end of a real voices of the game triple header. Hope you guys enjoyed your week with us. We'll be back next week with a full slate of shows. Uh, everybody will be back uh, in order, fourteen shows for you on the network. Real excited to work with our partners here, 67,000. Thank you for all you've done. These shows are for you guys. Jaw Bats, RVG, get you, get you an M110 model like Tanner. Discount on the sauce here. Also, Bone Nets and Kinetic Arm, look out for those uh, those partnerships next week. Millions, thank you for handling the load with the sponsorships. We love you guys to death. Uh, we'll, we'll be tagged on social media with them, so make sure you guys check out our merchandise, which hopefully will be up this weekend. And with that, uh, Sauce, thanks so much for the show today. We appreciate you. Uh, had fun doing it. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who got the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce.